Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. Coming back. All right. month-long vacation we are so sorry it took us so long to get here but we are here tonight <laughs> do you have a piece of gum on your microphone yes, that flashing blue lights drive me nuts it's my gum it's my microphone <laughs> it's my crappy microphone oh i wish can we take a picture of this we'll yes. put this on the instagrams that uh, where do we find the instagram account at the next step podcast and our facebook page also the next step podcast dude should we just live story this right now let's just live story this are you on the app are you on, I'm on the account? Okay. Are you on the app? Are I'm you on live? the app. We're doing, uh, this isn't live, it's just a video, but see that blue light right there? This is my gum. Just putting it right on there. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, it was, oh. <laughs> All right, so we're very amateur, as you can see, but we're back after a month, and we're we actually- should Instagram story this entire episode. Um, I don't have enough battery. I do. Oh. Boom. Put it on there. Okay, keep um, going. We are celebrating our one-year- of doing this podcast, maybe slightly after, but this is, you did a hunting trip, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. So that's where we first uh, sat in the jacuzzi. How do we do live story? How do I live story this sucker? Flip that over Okay. Live. Okay. Live? Yeah. Whoa. This is super official. Here. Lots of dead bump, space bump. here. A lot of dead horrible, space. Sorry. Horrible radio. It's okay. Um, so a year ago, we said, hey, let's do this podcast, and you agreed, and then we're a year into it, and um, we actually discussed, do oh! we want to, we have two different, we want to keep, do we want to keep doing this? Yeah, do we keep doing this podcast? Uh, it was a conversation we had a couple weeks ago, and it got really awkward. There was that awkward, like, year into a relationship, because we got money, we're spending money, we're spending time. Brad spends a lot of time. Uh, and my money. <laughs> and his money. <laughs> I feel bad. I just show up in beautiful shirts you like show such. show up and blow up. Show up and blow up. Um, and we, we've, uh, the last few, we've been. Uh, well, I just feel like sometimes, it, like with anything in life, it becomes familiar to us. So I'm wondering, like, is it, it's a, it, to us, it feels like it's the same thing, kind of. It's new and we get different perspective. We interview that. It's great. It's fun. But it's like, there's like a layer, in my opinion, that's like a boundary because, we don't really have a huge, I need to be better on social media or whatever. And there are those of you who have commented and follow us and write comments. We love that. And so, I, like, I don't know, does everyone really feel the same way Shoot. we feel? Does that well, make sense? Or is it like 10 people in, in Albuquerque or Ogden or? Oh, uh, what's up, Aaron? Who's on there? That's Aaron. Aaron who? Um, Edwards. Oh, okay. Hi, Aaron. Um, Without her and her husband, I wouldn't be a member of the church. Boom. Shout out to Aaron. Nice. Boom. Um. He's focused on our podcast, not on your video. What? I'm oh, sorry. This is gonna be hard. <laughs> just ignore that. We're just doing it. Okay. Uh, but we're, we're saying at? hi to all you. Uh, yeah. Like, is it worth it? Like, uh, we're not getting paid. We asked for some donations, and yeah. if, and those that have, we're grateful. It's gonna help. Uh, I had to just renew all of our contracts for uh, and website. Yeah, and we, we like to have someone host the website, and host it, or we have someone doing that now, right? What do you mean host? And we need a host for the website. What do you mean we are hosting it? I was paying for it. That's what I'm saying. You're yeah. paying for it. I want yeah. someone else to do that. Oh. I want, so I want the donations help. Um, 
my biggest thing was like, okay, so I feel guilty because you do all a lot of the legwork, and then on top of it, I'm like, I really do wonder. I'm like, yeah, I know there's a few people that reach out and be like, this is amazing. But so, do you need more people to reach out and say, this is a great life changing? Would that help? I have ADD. It would, yeah, it helps. It helps, and I don't it mean it in, a, in a, like an ego sense. I mean it in the sense of like, I, if it's worth it, then it's worth it. Or is our better use of time spending it with our home with our family? That's what I feel like. Because after we do this, we tr we do this. It's like what it's nine forty at night, and we've already had a two and a half hour meeting. Usually, I meet with someone before mm -hmm. the meeting too that I'm sponsoring or someone an addict in recovery, and then on top of this, and which is fine. But uh, we're not complaining. Not complaining. It's just a matter of. Time. I just want to make sure it works. I w I want to make sure people like really into it, you know. Like if it's, I don't know. I don't listen to any of them, so I don't know. Like, I I, I know when you came up to me at first with the idea, I was at first I was like, well, who's gonna listen to us? But then I thought about it. And I was like, if I was new in recovery, if I took myself five years ago, I wish there was something like this. So I would have listened that, to that, us. That's why I asked you and said, is this good? Because I don't know why I got the bug in my Yeah, you just my got, got it. It, and just went, it seems like there was a need and people wanted it. It feels good to help people. What's um, Monica? Um, so I guess we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Let us know uh, if we made the right decision. Yeah, comment on our thing and, and, and let us know that you want us to keep going. A couple ways you could show it is, you know, liking it promoting it on your social media. I think, do you think people are weird about like saying, hey, check out this addiction yeah, podcast? Yeah, because they're like, oh, so you're an addict? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there's a, it's gonna be hard to get that type of promotion. I think it's gonna be underground stuff. Like, oh, hey, you got an issue? Okay, we'll check these guys out. Yeah, I, we, but we have people share it that, uh, but, I, uh, but I think probably people are reluctant to share it because they don't wanna be labeled as, yeah, as, an as an addict. We've actually had people that I wanna have on here that are like, oh, I'm not ready yet. And I'm like, why aren't you ready? You okay. should be ready. So, but like, but you could like it. You could uh, yeah. donate. Um, Biggest water bottle. In the you world. could just comment and say that uh, it's enjoyable and like. I mean, that helps put wins in our sale. Yes, I think that's you could even private direct message us. It just helps us put wind in our sails and and like yeah, it's worth it. Otherwise, you could be home cuddling and and eating a bowl of cereal right now. Binge eating. Binge eating on something. Something. Um, Meat sticks. Okay, but we have committed for a while. We're going to keep doing this? Yeah, well, here's the thing. So we got our answer right away because then someone wrote us on our social media thing and said something about, like, are you guys going to post an episode? It's been a month. Yeah, and then I didn't realize it had been a month. I thought it was, like, two weeks. <laughs> you got to remember, too, it was, like, vacation. Like, I was yeah. gone, then he was gone, then he was gone, then I was gone. Brad vacays a lot. Um, <laughs> but I'm back on a regular come schedule. Come August, he charges. Back on a regular schedule. Yeah, um, and then he, yeah. So anyways, we're back. All right, we're, we're back. back. Let's do a little bit of news. Um, the news has been pretty hot. Um, let's, let's what, what do we got going on? I'm sure you don't have any, so nope. I broke some. Nope. Uh, Besides how about storms? Let's talk about the storms because the Louisiana governor praised the Mormons. He, really? With uh, the disaster of after Hurricane Sandy, he said, quote, I have no doubt God sent you here. And this was a Mormon helping hand. So those yellow shirts that yeah. show up. Um, We're like the first responders. So clean out flood victims. Yeah, it's pretty powerful the the mobilization that that our community can do yeah totally. um, the organization of and it all. and partly like if i wish it, i wish it was during summer dude i would have taken off and gone there yeah like all this stuff happened right when school was starting back up and but dude if it was like in august you i think charged. i think i would have because they were asking for boats and stuff they were and i have oh, a buddy yeah, that's got boats dude, i would i think that would have been really neat to participate that would be cool um but 
I guess that's what our church teaches us is yeah. a culture of service. That's why we're doing this. Like, totally. I think the non-members, when I tell them I do this, they're like, what? Why would you do that? Yeah, I've told some people that like, like, clients are like, well, what do you mean? Like, why? <laughs> they're, yeah, they're kind of like, wait, what? Uh, but uh, They already don't understand the fact that we stay and do a meeting for free. Yeah. They're like, oh, so it's like a rehab. I'm like, no, it's like free. It's a part of our church. It's part of being an addict in recovery. So this yeah. is, I, I guess, just ingra- I, I love it because it teaches us to be selfless and to serve others. And that's what we're doing. So there's one news article. That's very funny. Um, how about this one? I thought this was a funny one. Man arrested for stealing car and causing disturbance at church. And it said a San Diego man was booked into county jail Sunday for allegedly stealing an acquaintance car and causing disturbance at a church. Which church, mind you? Mormon church? It was. Um, the police said when the man pulled, uh, was pulled from his car and took the keys, he fled. And where's the quote from? Okay. Cook went, so this is the uh, police. It's very frustrating because you're trying to help a friend and they've got bigger issues, said the victim, who did not want to be identified. Cook then went to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints down on, it gives the street name, and he acted erratically. Um, <laughs> then the, the guy was under influence of drugs and alcohol, and he said, uh, oh, where's the quote? Dude, let me see if I can play it here. It was the funniest quote said um, the man arrested causing disturbance um, when, oh this is actually cultural hall thanks cultural hall when you're high on drugs and you get in a fight with your acquaintance it only feels natural to drive to a Mormon church and become belligerent with police <laughs> what <laughs> how random so there was that so that was actually not the news it was cultural hall Richie T you're funny or whoever posted that um, but yeah, Richie T. So, do you ever feel when you were high on drugs that you wanted to go to the Mormon church? That's the last thing I would want to do is be anywhere near. That's the last thing I would want to do is be anywhere near the church. How's that? Feel guilty. Anyway, uh, what's this? There's been a lot of articles on smartphone addiction. Ooh. And this one was mob- I'm winning my battle with a smartphone uh, addiction. And then most research on phone addiction and deprivation is done on students. It's not just the kids these days. And then, so this is an adult talking about it. And she said, I got hooked because of my job. When I started out as a reporter in the 80s, you used your legs to get the story. And now you're using social media networks. Mm. Um, I could follow developments in all the countries. Um, you know, twi- do you get on Twitter? Do you tweet? Tweet, no. Um, so I'm not a Twitter. So between Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat. Know. you know, yeah, If I got on any of those other things, I'd be done. It's so, hard, like, dude, I go up and down, like, I want to get off, and then I get off, and then I feel great, but then I'm like, ah, I feel like I'm not connected. I really don't feel I'm connected with some people, because life's freaking busy. And before that, I'd probably only connect with those like you, like people that I see regularly, mm-hmm. and I do things with, and surf with, or whatever. I probably wouldn't talk to half the people. I wouldn't even I, know anything about their life anymore. So there's, like, part of you that really does connect with people from my mission or connect, other states. Do you think you'd connect with different people because you'd have to talk to them more? No, because, you know, I'm also, dude, I'm never yeah. going to shy away from a conversation. If someone True. walks up to me on the street, I'm going to talk to them over my phone. But Do you care what someone ate or uh, that they uh, Sometimes, took, took sometimes I get motivated by stuff like that. Sometimes, okay. like I've said on my account, on my personal account, like sometimes when I'm like, I don't want to get up and go to the gym or I don't want to do something physical or I don't want to eat clean, I see someone else doing it and I'm like, oh, okay. You get like, so what, what's, you know, what's so, together. So it's, it's almost like... Um, it can be very motivating. A food addiction. 
because you have to eat. Yeah. Right, but you have to really maintain. You have to really control, like drugs and alcohol. Like you just, it's a boy. Uh, you don't have it. But with food, yeah, I get what you're saying. You can't. And that you seems can't like a avoid. very difficult one because I have to eat. I've gotten off it for the longest. You remember a couple of years ago, I got off for six months from yeah. January, and you. But look, see, but that's totally with you'll see like a gap none. Yeah. So is so it? So it, I'm trying to live not the dualistic, all or nothing life with it, and try to be. So you can empathize with a food addict. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. Like. Like I'm gonna do 20 minutes and only do 20 minutes. And when, I've gotten to a point now where I'm busy, like I don't even check it. And then um, where before, there's sometimes like I just like want to avoid. I know when I'm looking at social media to just avoid whatever I have to do because it's, I don't know. But now I've gotten to the point though. That usually when I get off or I realize I have an issue, I can't even watch a TV show anymore, or I can't even watch a movie with my wife. I just want to look. Like I'm I, not that I want to check what's going on. I want to see what everyone's doing. It's the attention span's not enough. Yeah. If there's a slow part, boom, I'm on my phone. Yeah. You know, what I mean, getting to the point we're all this way. That's why. That's why uh, the internet is progressing. Actually, is because, dude, our attention spans are getting smaller and smaller. Do you have like, notifications set on your phone? No, that's one thing. I, I read an article yeah. that we covered. That's what this one is. Like. And it said turn those off, and I turned them off. And I even did my display differently. I hid the social media apps. I put them on the back for a while. I did all sorts of things that it suggested. So it sounds like you're using it. Like I'm trying you're to trying to control it. Trying to, yeah. And so I've gotten better. And I have bad days, just like anyone else. But then I do have you days schedule time of like, okay. I just do it once a kid, like, because where it can be a challenge is having little kids. And I look back, I'm go. I realize like when we're in the meeting tonight, I'm like, man, I'm not gonna see my Rusty again. Like, when's actually the last time I actually spent time with him? It's been since Wednesday of last week. And then I'm thinking, well, tomorrow night, okay, if I don't go to an, another meeting, then I can see see him and hang out. But then Thursday night. You know, I'm just like, man, I haven't even really seen him in over eight days. Like, really. Like, I actually sat down with him and hung out with my him or my daughter or whatever. Social media helped you uh, so remember that? Well, no, what I'm getting at is that it can – so it can play a part in affecting that even longer because maybe when I do have time to see him, oh, I could be looking you're at spent, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It could withdraw, yeah so yeah. I don't want that. I won't have, So what I was getting at is there's already enough distractions in my life. I don't want social media. I've tried to just schedule time. Yeah. Like uh, – I'm gonna do it during certain times. Yeah, like when everyone's gone to bed, um, just hanging out. Like whatever. There we go. I got nothing Stop to do. Stop signs. <laughs> Stop signs. <laughs> Driving. Slow traffic. Wait, these are all. Bad. Uh, Don't do that. No. Don't text and drive. Um, but yeah, I I guess uh, better time me. is just schedule time and and a specific amount of time. I wonder if there's an app where you can have a, have there it is. like click it off. Yeah. There's no, like well, only allows you a certain amount of time per day. Oh, that'd be gnarly. Like you can only be on Instagram an hour a day. How much if you could if you were right now in the sober conversation era of how much time is appropriate to be on your Instagram is that your go to or Facebook? Instagram. So what is your if you were to set a reasonable time limit per day that would be a Bro, I can get in the rabbit no, hole. No, no, I know. What 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 is a healthy amount of time per day? It's hard to say. Depends on what you're looking at. Get name name a number right if, now. If well, I don't know. I don't know. I think is is two hours enough per day? That's the crazy part. So remember back in the day, they answer on, my question. I don't know. The question is, I don't know. You don't know. Back in the day, they used to say the average American watches two hours of TV a day, and which that's is too much, or, whatever. Yeah. or forty hours a month, right? Yeah. You think that's too much? Think how, how much social media is probably quadruple that. Well, I, let's talk about you. How much do you need to consume of of seeing how many? Realistically, thirty minutes in the evening, right before I go to bed. In, thir- in 30 minutes, could you figure out what all yes. – because your purpose, our purpose, my, the it's real – It's connecting. It's connecting. Like what did my parents do? What did my yep. friends do? What 
you know, what sweet sunsets photos What's and what food did you eat and what awesome vacation? How much better is your life than mine? Like you can always How see that. How do your that. abs look today? How do your abs look? <laughs> but like how much time does that take? I don't know the answer. I'm, I'm going to. I think about a half hour. I actually, here's the thing. This is what I know I have a problem. When I'm done looking through it, that's not enough. I'm like, no, bro. Wait, wait. Why are people posting? I need yet? more. Yeah, give me more. You want more? I do that. I'm like, dude, wait. So then you go look. My at go tos that I want to look at. Let's see what they're doing in their life. They're not. And you know who you are because I comment on your stuff or I like it and I don't like everyone's stuff, but I like. And then I see they haven't done anything. I'm like, fuck. Like I have time to. Kill. Do I post enough for you or not enough? Not enough at all, bro. I haven't even follow you. Do I, I don't even. You? I don't barely. I Logan Bur- like the surfboard. Yeah, so. bur- from now I don't even like maybe once a week or month on my personal on Instagram. Uh, I do my surfboard. I you, should do more. You you, you throw a smart smart a comments out there. That's I know. It. I, I get in but trouble, you don't man. Post. I get in trouble with that. I, I just you know, I he's always posting smart a comments on my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta rib you, bro. I know. Um, okay, thirty. So is thirty minutes enough for me? Yeah. You think? Of course. Then think. Okay, so you say okay, so all lot thirty minutes at the end of the day. Now imagine you have two hours. You're sitting at the DMV. Um, Realistically, you ain't gonna read a book. I ain't gonna because there's too many people around. Uh, I'm probably not gonna. I'm, I might listen to a podcast with my headphones, but if I don't have my headphones, can't yeah. listen to it. So then, what do I do? Are you going to DMV this week? No, it's next week. Okay. Okay. Uh, so let's let's commit ourselves. Let's do 30 minutes a day. But oh, how about even better? 30 minutes you, a day. You just loop me into something I wasn't ready to commit to. I'm gonna Look see if you're willing to do it. I gave you two hours in the beginning. I gave you two hours. I didn't know we were negotiating. And then I didn't know we were negotiating time. I'm just curious. I'm gonna try to do a little experiment. Okay. But, I, but I, then, I've cut it out of my life completely. Oh, yeah, I, right. I don't want you to out of it because you need to blow up I, our social media for our podcast. That's That was the issue is when I did it, I told you the reason why I got back on so, – I am putting it back on you. Put, I got back on social media a year ago is because you – yeah, because you said I need you to do the Instagram. I'm like, well, no, man, I'm off Instagram. I don't want to be on it anymore. So <laughs> anyways. I'll, anyway, so so it's I got, the podcast fault. It's the podcast. It's Brad's fault. That if you spend more. So what, you want an hour a day? How much time do you need? Realistically, I want an hour because I need about 30 minutes sporadic throughout the day if I'm stuck in somewhere I don't want to be and I'm bored. And I which quick breeze. And then could you do 15 minutes of promotion of the podcast? Yes. So you get an hour and 15 minutes a day. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. An hour. I think I'll an do. Hour and I'm going to commit to a half hour. You're going to do a half hour only? A day. Yeah, wow. 30 minutes? Dude, if you get on a good bum fight like account, like watch you that. watch like knockouts. I can watch knockouts. I've, I've literally, I think the longest time I did it, I was laying on my side in bed. Look at this. And I'm on, I'm looking on my phone, and because the, the light is only being seen with one eye, when I turned it off, I couldn't see out of the other eye. It was black. And my phone died. Sounds, I actually went Sounds healthy. That's when you stopped. That's when you actually got off in, for social yeah, media. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like your OD of social media. It was so bad that I would, I purposely didn't plug in my phone so it would actually die. Because I knew if it didn't die, I was going to be on it all night. Because I couldn't sleep. But they did the studies show that the light on the phones and stuff keeps you from not sleeping. Keeps you from I not know, sleeping, right? I know. Um, so an hour and fifteen minutes a day. Let's Insta try it crack. out. You need that Insta crack. Okay. You're not, can you, can you guys sense that he's not willing to do that? Yes, I hope they can. But you go all or nothing. I want to do some moderation. Try a normal. Moderation is hard for me. I know. Try it. Okay, an hour. Oh, I don't want to commit to that. I'm not ready. Two hours. I feel forced. Two hours. Uh, two hours? I feel like I'm... Can you commit to like two hours? Under two hours a day. Uh, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. Today hours. I've been, I haven't been on at all. Really. Three, hours. Three, three hours. Three hours? 
Commit no, to a time. Because tomorrow it could be nothing, but the next day it could want to be on it all day. But do you really want to be on it all day? No. Okay, well, how long do you want to be on there? How it's the longest per day? All depends what I'm doing that day. Look at this. You can't commit you, can you? You not ready. Three hours. Not ready. Three hours. So, you can't even commit to all, so very to a limit There's of so three. Many, you could be on there for more than three hours a day? Not at once, but maybe throughout the whole day, maybe 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at lunch, 30 minutes on the potty. 30 minutes at night. <laughs> wait, wait. Minutes <laughs> while driving. 30 Did you guys catch that? 30 minutes on the pond? <laughs> Throughout my day, maybe. Oh. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's so many variables. How are we talking about social media addiction? I haven't identified to that yet. Okay. I get that. Well, I'm going to commit to 30 minutes. Good for you. With, uh, I'll hold you accountable. With, uh, um, let's say, 10 Ooh. minutes of podcast promotion. Three hours a day, Jason Suelo. Who said uh, that? Brian. Three hours a day. Okay. I, I, I don't need three hours a day, but if I find a good account with knockouts that I've never seen, meaning street fights, I'm going until I watch them all. Maybe possible seven times each. Because <laughs> some of them are that good, but I'm a big fight fan, so if I see a knockout, I just love it. Like I love everything about it. Even though it's horrible and kids it's great. could be dead. No, no, it's awesome. It's good. Rusty probably loves watching. Hey, Dad. He loves it. He loves it, too. Dad, are these falls? If he, if he sees me on Instagram, he sees his fail. Are these funny videos, Dad? Then we bond together and we watch them. We it's laugh good. so hard. Lexi says we're horrible. Well, uh, live and learn, right? Anyways, how do we get on that tangent? Uh, social media addiction. It was an article of news that we talked about that's a real phenomenon. It's kind of wild. So believe it or not, people really do have a problem with being they addicted really to do. social media. They're they not do. willing to commit. To limit their intake, it's not a it's not a quantity problem. <laughs> it's a quality it's problem. <laughs> Sky, dude. Okay. Oh, I think we're. Uh, I think our society is a big problem with it. I do um, not disagree. And uh, so I'm, I, if if it wasn't this, it used to be TV and movies. So I'm like, oh, I don't watch a lot of TV anymore. But it's really because it's not. Yeah, enough. yeah, we don't watch TV. I used to be I could come home and veg dude. and watch TV for like hours when, and hours. When, when we first when I first got sober, I bought my own. You know, we moved in, finally got our own apartment. I got cable TV. You know, got you don't get nuts like I. Dude, after a while, I'm like I just, have to get outside and go skate. Well, for sure, or, for sure. But I'm already I'm talking about the end of the day. Everything's over. It's nighttime, right? I got little kids. I can't go do whatever I want. You so put in the bed and then so you I skate. lay on that couch, dude. And I used to get Rusty's Goldfish, and it's part of food addiction. And I would just sit there and eat. And watch show after probably show change, after channel show. change channel change channel change yeah fast forward through this watch that show this show that show now I don't even have enough attention span to watch it's got to be Bachelor in Paradise or something <laughs> like you know? Dude, you, otherwise you just admitted a lot of things on this tonight there hey, we might lose book. some followers I'm an open book <laughs> take me out take me as I am I'm being honest and um, but now I don't watch TV as much I only watch like five hours of Instagram a day on oh. <laughs> I'd love you to just commit to a time. Nope. Huh? Not gonna happen. Three hours. Nope. Four. Why I'll not? give you five. I can say sixteen minutes, but no, that's too tomorrow might change. No, but just, uh, just I'm just want to get a most, the most per day. I got so many other things that I need to overcome that that's the last thing I want to overcome anyway. Okay. Low on my priority list. Okay. What's one? What's one above that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
my wife was here. If Lexi's here, she'd tell you it's easier than you do. Okay, well, get it, people love Lexi on they the do. podcast. Well, yeah, she always says that everyone. She just did step four that we might want to have talked about, right? Yes. Okay, but we're on step seven on the podcast. It's been a long time, man. Yeah, step seven. We need to catch up. All right, well, Sorry, let's guys. let's go to the share for step seven. I think we have that somewhere archived <laughs> from a long time ago. Um, we're gonna load that up. Jay share on step seven and then let's uh, do a recap of our favorite podcast from last year boom okay let's do it Act. <clears throat> grateful to be here. Um, step seven. I feel like it's a step that shared this last week. Uh, I think it was on Thursday night. But the step I feel like is a step that you, know, as an addict, for at least like I am, if you're like me, um, I never stop working the step. I feel like it's the nature of my disease, is my ego, and my lack of ability to to remember that life's here. Like it's not just life's term; it's God's terms. And sometimes when you think, like, if you just, like, there's a saying in here, and it's like, accept life on life's, uh, in AA on life's term, like, just be able to accept life for what it is. But I love the gospel sense of it, where you're like, no, this is God's terms. Like, and he put us here, and he put us here for our challenges, and he's the one who gave us our weaknesses. And that makes a big difference. Like, when I used to think that I just had weaknesses, I was born that way, I was like, oh, well, I have a defect, right? Like, there's something wrong with me. Like, there's something broken in me, or this is not the way it's supposed to be, that meaning implying that other people don't have that or better, right? And that's part of my self-imposed isolation, which kept me going in my disease, whatever that may have been, um, because it just shifted always. It, didn't, it wasn't just drugs. It wasn't just alcohol. It wasn't pornography, gambling. It, it had been different things at different points in my life. And um, But humility, um, at first, it's like step one is, is like getting honest, but it's also, that's part of, it's also part of being humble. And But then you're like... In the beginning, you first work on the problem, which is usually the drug, the alcohol, the sex, the gambling, whatever it is that you're here for, um, pornography, um, and that's stopping that. So you're humble enough to like say, okay, even though I kind of, I, I, this is my solution, I don't want this to be my solution. I'm going to try your solution. I'm going to come to these meetings, or a bishop tells you to, or your wife, or your friend, or someone tells you to come. So you come, right? Very few of us actually come in here because we want to, like, right? And um, and if you are, then you're a curve because your level of humility is a little bit greater and the greatest part about all this is what I'm getting at is the more steps you do um, with a sponsor you're, you're, you deepen that humility and um, in the beginning uh, I only came and I thought drugs were my problem I thought substances were my problem um, I didn't think that the way I dealt with life was a problem you know I just thought if I just stop doing drugs and immediately my life will just get better so if I'm sober-minded, I'm clear-headed, then good. Life is good. My wife's going to love me. I'm going to be a great dad. I'm going to be all these things. But I quickly learned after my first year of sobriety, we had our second child. We were finally out on our own again. Like we had been living with family while we were kind of repairing our family. So my aunt and uncle took us in. So we had little bills. But then we finally went out, and I had bills. I had a new job, a new career. I had a new baby. And, like, I had all these things that are normal things in life. But 
for the majority of my life, I had been relying on a substance to get through life and to help numb the pain of anxiety, stress, my pride, my ego that would um, take me away from the Lord's Spirit. And so after, after a year, I, th I thought I got rid of the problem. I'd stopped using, so I, life should just be good. But I had tons of anxiety all the time, all the time. It felt like I was... A, um, partially because I hadn't done the steps, but for the most part, it, like it felt like I was underwater almost every day and I was just trying to get a breath. Like from the minute I'd wake up to the minute I'd go to bed, and that's a hard way to live, especially when you've used to drink or do drugs because that would, or pornography or whatever, because that would relieve, that relieve stress for a moment. You know, it doesn't last why you do it over and over again, right? Um, so I quickly had to f find a solution. Lost a person in the San Clemente, San Clemente meeting, a young girl overdosed. And uh, something about that situation, even though I barely knew her, I saw her for three months straight, and I remember she was sitting across like where Greg is at the Thursday night meeting, and I'd always had that view of her, and she was working the program, I thought, like, and she was doing good. She had 70-something days, and then she relapsed and died. And something about that, I, I had closer people in my life die from drugs, but something about that, for whatever reason, just, I think it was her parents showing up that very next week to tell us. Like, and I, I'd already heard through the meeting, but just to see her mom just like devastated. Uh, I was like, man, like I have kids, like I have people in my life, like I need to, it says right here, I no longer was, no longer were we, this is, sums up how I felt when that happened. No longer were we satisfied with a change of habit or even in lifestyle. You say, well, why though? Like the world says, change your habits. There's books about how seven, you know, Effective habits of seven, whatever, effective people. I'm like butchering. What is it? What is it? Seven habits of habits. Okay, right? Well, so all you got to do is change your habits. Your life's going to be good, right? I changed a major habit in my life that was killing me, but I still had tons of anxiety. And it, but this said that was no longer was it enough. And then it said, we were finally ready to have God change our very nature. This has been a, a process for me. That moment started that process of step seven. I wasn't on step seven, but it started the process of, of having God change my nature. I'm still in that process. I have getting my four-year chip in December, and it's taken, you know, completing the steps, redoing, like, you know, the maintenance steps, going back to step seven constantly. This year has been a big step seven for me, is re reminding myself how I got to where I am, reminding who's in charge, that life's going to always show up, but if I just focus on changing like the outward things, like habits and little things like that, that's really good, and there's a lot of good things that come from that. I got really healthy this year. There's a lot of good things about this year. But you know what? Like I cut out some things in my diet, and I felt really good for a while. But it's not enough. You see, because we're spiritual people, right? We had, uh, Xander say, uh, uh, based upon our what? Our spiritual, what would you say in your prayer? Based upon our spiritual there you go. Spiritual condition. You can change the habits all day long. But we all know what it's like to still have the isolation and the anxiety just by, it's not enough. And if you're there and you're still wondering, like, well, I've done the steps, but I still don't feel 100%, dig deeper into this step. This step will change your life because it's, it's, it's something that is never ending. I mean, and if it ends for you, great. That's awesome. But for me, it's been so far never anything, and I'm grateful for that because I would have been lost this year if I didn't have these steps to finally find my way back. And there's another uh, part in here. And in, in the book where it talks about God will patiently, patiently wait, basically, for your, for your efforts on, I think it was in step six, for you to stop doing it on your own. And he'll come in and he'll take care of the rest. Um, if I went to court today, most of you guys know I had this 
I had this uh, gun charge that was a big deal. I got arrested of like four or five months ago for selling these replica watches that I had and I was getting rid of and I happened to have my wife's gun in the car because that's what we do. We carry a gun, we shoot, we go to the shooting range all the time and it, was a, it wasn't stored properly, okay? It wasn't locked up the way it was supposed to. Now, is that a big deal if you never get pulled over? Of course not. I was like, I'll never have my car searched. I don't do drugs, I don't drink, like, I don't break the law, like, I'm fine. Like, you, you get a traffic ticket, they're not going to search your car. That's how I lived for the last however many years. And, uh, but I was in a situation, didn't realize it was a illegal situation, and uh, my car got searched. They found a, uh, a gun and, in there, and which was legally owned and everything. It's a big deal. I got taken to jail. 15, 17 hours, wife, big chaos, Santa Ana jail, worst place ever I've ever been in my life. Like, never want to step foot in there again. And, uh, and uh, it's been a process it was back in July, so four months of dealing with court, going back and forth, right? Trying to, this could affect my permanent record. I can have to sell my gun, like all these things that I enjoy in my life, family, tradition, hunting, like all these things I'm thinking is just going to be taken away from me. And uh, I finally, after four months, um, by the help of many others, writing um, character reference sheets, the references for me, and taking them in there and putting together a packet for the DA to feel comfortable with making a deal with me to hopefully get this off, it happened. And uh, I felt this immediate relief, because I thought I was going to have this felony like charge or what it was going to be like. I didn't know. I was like, am I going to have to get a lawyer? That's 10 grand, 20 grand. This big old challenge, right? I've been facing for four months, and I just had to be patient. I had to be patient. And then... He goes, we're going to wipe the gun charge 100%. We've read your references. You look great. We obviously, there's a misunderstanding. However, we want you to plead guilty for X, Y, and Z, which is not technically what happened. If I had a lawyer, I probably could fight that too. And of course, dude, here's the ego in me. Like, here's the addict in me. I just had the biggest relief. It was like someone literally took a boot off of my chest when he said that. He's dropping the gun charge. I'm like, oh, like, that's all I wanted. Like, that's all I wanted. But then there was something in me that was like, well, I still, I don't want to, you know, I want, I want more. It's not what I, that's not exactly what I wanted. I have to go to a six-hour course, pay $300, like, you know, which is fine. I didn't have any probation. Like, I have, I'm not being convicted. That'll be expunged. I'll have a clean record. But you see what I'm saying? This disease is intense, and it's, it's there. And I can pretend like that didn't happen, or I can identify with it tonight. And then hopefully I'll never have to think about it again, right? Because, see, when I don't identify with my moments of pride, the opposite of humility, it continues throughout my life, and it plagues me. And it'll show up and continue to show up until I eventually stop praying, I stop reading, I stop caring about God's will, and I stop, like I did this whole year, I had a ch very big challenge. I found myself a few months ago struggling to have even the slightest bit of the spirit in my life because of little things like that, not like going to jail, but like little things like where I let my pride build, right? And I didn't have humility. And so I'm grateful because I get to come here tonight I get to identify with something like that and go, that's not what I want. It's God's will. That was an answer to got many people's prayers today, including my own. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for these steps because I can be humble in times like this and I can uh, see God's will. Like, you don't break the law, you don't get in trouble, period. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not above the law, but my disease has always told me that. With every rule you can think of since I was a kid, there's always something I can bend or break because I'm above that. Well, I'm not above God's laws. And I was watching a movie, and I'll end on this, and it was talking about whatever, you, it was like it was just a preview, but some little line caught in the chaos of the preview where it said, whatever you put out there in this universe, you will come back to you. And I, you know, I don't know if that's God's, or if that's how it works or what, but I, all I know is whatever I fester on would always have an end. And, uh, but 
Same with recovery. If I focus on these steps and things like humility and the principles of the gospel, it will come back to me, and life will work out always, because it always has when I do that. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, we uh, one year anniversary. We're going to go through our your year. top three and my top three episodes. Go from the last year. Top three. <clears throat> you want to do one? Me one, 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 then first, you one. And then me one. Uh, I, in no particular order, but these are the top three that I have down that I remembered. Um, the we enjoyed them all. First I off, totally enjoyed that. them all. Um, I think, uh, and this is one that I think I have gotten maybe just from local people face to face that their favorite, um, but it's also one of my favorite. Was the title was from it was two point six, and it was from. It's a uh, Jeff Jesse, surf champion. Jeff Jesse. Um, and he, uh, that, that's, he talked. He was so raw, raw and open. Excommunication twice. Times. He's the first person I ever talked to been excommunicated twice. Yeah, I think if I'm correct on that. Was it three? I don't know. Three and disfellowship once or twice. I don't know, but but yet he, the guy's still charging. Huh? And and the why that's personal to me is because I've known him since I was a little kid. So you looked up to. I think I shared that. Um, yeah. He like he was the stud. Like his bro, like his brothers were just like I really looked up to him. So having him um, a get recovery and then be super honest and open. Um, I think it's a cool, yeah. It's been really good. And he, and he, he, he got emotional. It was an emotional one. Very emotional. Teared up. Um, and that's what people fade back to me was they teared up on that podcast. Like yeah, it got emotional. in their car and they were crying. Really? So, um, yeah. Jeff, awesome. That's uh, one of my top three. That was episode 2.6. Yeah, so. that was a good one. Um, one, that, one that came for me, <clears throat> I enjoy, you know, not, also not in this s- same order, but... I really enjoyed one of our, our first ones, which was the gay RM. I just that perspective that he brought in, you know, in his recovery. And I had sponsored people with same sex attraction um, that were also addicts and alcoholics. And, and anyways, I like that one, too, because, you know, and he, he articulated very well, like being having same sex attraction is not the same as having an addiction to a substance. Yeah, but it is the draw to be to to act in a way contrary to the gospel yeah and and the steps to to uh change that to chest steps but to the, change and, and then the what he does in his life like, like he's like active he writes in a blog like the, right. the guy's not just like hiding under a, a bushel like right you know right, what i mean he's right. not taking his problem just hiding right. just like drug addicts can do in recovery in the church right how many people have you met that are like oh yeah i'm sober 20 years but never try to help anyone right um, and also, he's on the front line. Similar to you and I, kind of wanted to change culture because yeah. the same-sex attraction, the vocal culture within the church, has been the church is wrong. These old dudes that are running the church, yeah, they need to give the times, the times, man. And it's patriotic, weird. And yes. he's like, no, like this is this attraction I have is contrary to the gospel. What the did he say? He's like he's in a subculture of a culture, like you know, he's yeah, he, he's like a. It, 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 it made me feel like I was like, dude, that that's that would be hard. It'd be it's hard, a hard one because the vocal voice is, and I had and I he had, doesn't he said he didn't fit in with the the actual act. That's what you're saying, the LBGB, whatever it's called. 
not trying to be rude. I, I just get I don't him. know all the yeah. ladies either. But he, he doesn't fit in that community, and he doesn't fit inside the church's community because at times, you know, there are people that are very, they don't yeah. know how to deal with it yet. Right. It's a new phenomenon. You know, uh, <clears throat> I thought of one. Tell me if you like this uh, analogy. So when we talked about, I can't remember what episode, the young girl who came up and came out during testimony meeting, right? The little 12-year-old. Yeah, girl. yeah, yeah. So the, stage the analogy one. is like, okay. The world accepts drinking coffee as totally normal and good for you. Totally. Right? Yeah. Maybe good for you, right? Yep. Like, just accept it. And and our church leaders and the word of wisdom and says, no, don't don't drink coffee. Okay? Yep. So do we have members of the church that drink coffee? Yeah. What would be in a and, – and are they welcome to come to church? Totally. Totally. Is, mm-hmm. is the church going to change their position? Mm-mm. Would it be appropriate to get up on the pulpit and talk about how much you love drinking coffee? No. And yeah. and how much fun you have going out with your friends to drink coffee. Yeah. And it's a bonding experience, yeah. and you just can't wait for the church to get up with the times. Yeah. And allow us to drink coffee. Yeah. Well, I feel that way. Yeah, with some things like tea and stuff. Like I'm like, but I don't voice it to everyone. I don't. I don't expect to change anyone. Like you know what I mean? I, you know, I get what you're saying. So it's that's different. It's different if you're like, yeah, you're out there like like that person was obviously antagonizing. Where right. he wasn't. What we're getting at is the reason why I like that episode brave. so much. He's extremely brave, and we got to ask him straight up questions while FaceTiming. We've never met him before. Right. And I asked all these questions, and he was just, and he's an active follower of our accountant. Right. I think uh, he's helped change the culture. So, yeah, good on you. Uh, yeah, we should do a stud. follow up with him. We, we should do follow should. up with all three, all, all six of these. Yeah, that's good. What was the other one that you liked? <clears throat> my next one on mine was um, I like, we've had Xander on a few times. Xander's my man. And Without him, I wouldn't be sober. That's why I love it is the dialogue between you two. Um, this was 2.9, um, Ask the Attic with Xander. And, and you know, you, you guys' history, you kind of got uh, addicted the same year, sucked into it at the same time. Same year. And he's the one that brought you to your first meeting. Yeah. Um, and just, just that history of that was just for me asking the questions and and hearing the back and forth was really, I loved it. It's great. Yeah. To me, that was like my favorite. And, and did you learn stuff? Still did you get asked questions that you wouldn't normally ask in your norm? Because you guys are buddies. Yeah. Were you able to pull? Here's the weird up? thing with me and Xander is like we still like we we tell people like we still get together like we're gonna go to lunch tomorrow and we ninety percent of our conversations about recovery. And our life and what we're going through, like, but it's he's he's a person that like when it comes to recovery, we just we bring up a lot of stuff. And now he's starting his own meeting. Uh, yeah, there we go. That's another reason. There is. Uh, so that's cool. He's a uh, facilitator, facilitating like you like in me another and, meeting. And, and yeah, in Irvine, California. So if you're in Irvine, oh. California, swing up there swing and swing by. On a Look it up on arp.lds.org. Boom. Find a meeting. Boom. Um, okay, one more what for are, you. What do you like? The oh, you had another one. That was Xander one. Okay, m- mine was. Um, was the one I wrote down here? Oh, the the leading LDS dude. That was one of my favorite ones. They were they reached out to you. Like we got to link up on their podcast. How does that work? How did uh, what's the technical term? Well, we we did we casted together simultaneously, yeah, right? Right. I don't know the technical. They interviewed term. us, but yet we posted, posted it, it on and our, they yeah, posted they on theirs. The point is, is I like that so much because I felt like obviously their leading LDS podcast is set up so leaders are listening to it, right? Bishops, state presidents, and to me, I think. Um, remembering what it was like to come home from my mission and talk about being an addict and the or the well, struggling with addiction not really identifying as an addict because I didn't realize that's what I was at the time but um, I remember my bishop bless his heart it was awesome but he just he didn't have all the tools and so I felt like we were giving like I really felt inspired throughout that entire time that everything I was saying was coming from the spirit 
it was it was we, it had good intent uh, you know we're not trying to to you know lead anyone we're just trying to say hey listen if you're not an addict in recovery don't try to be an expert like just use the well, resources you have and your stake in your uh, work. I shared in a meeting on Saturday with a with a, uh, LDS Family Services with a, some leaders that like our church culture is like we fake it till we make it like we get called we're like dude I got this yeah I'll be inspired but we we don't have experience when it comes to a everything. disease like this that kills a lot yeah, of people it's life like, and death. like let's not let's not try to play something we're not you know what I mean like yeah. before I was in recovery I didn't know how to help anyone so I'm so and I'm an addict there's a guy who's been doing drugs and alcohol his whole life almost on and off and I still didn't know how to help people right and, and, I, and I had to learn through the steps and through and by all means, are we experts? No. Heck no. So we have some answers. We've seen this. We've that's seen why we're recovery. talking about podcasts we like. Like That's yeah. why I said the, the, the gay RM one was huge for me because I got a – I learned. We so, learned. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm going to add one more to mine after Which one? this. Which one? Well, well, I didn't even write well, it down to well, yeah. me, but I just remembered the codependent one. Oh, yeah, that was really I, good. I, you loved that one. That was I, one that we talked about afterwards. It was n- totally different. <clears throat> what Kelly described was different than what I thought we were going to talk about and the mm-hmm. questions I had kind of prepared to ask. I didn't even get to ask because the typical codependent wasn't what she described. That's right. Um, that was a kind of eye opener. And and I've had actually few people to me. Uh, I think we've seen it on Instagram or whatever. Like they realize they're yeah uh, the struggle yeah. from the same thing. Yeah. Um, they don't go to Coda and they started going to ARP. Yeah. Uh, meetings. That's right. She went through her whole thing and she yeah. had a blog or website. So <clears throat> next one for me was the. Um, the LDS girl and is it LDS girl? In LDS recovery? girl in recovery was is her Instagram handle. First, yeah, I follow her on Instagram already, so I feel like I already kind of know her. <laughs> but then, um, but you're gonna limit that to, to an hour? Yeah, yeah, right. Three? I gave you three. Three. Okay. You gave yourself three. Six. Brad's being a weirdo, <laughs> trying to commit me to not and less trying Instagram. To improve yourself. Commit. Try to make my life better, man. Bro, okay. I'll, and I'll keep you. I'll keep so you. So why? So you I like, like LDS one? girl because I like her story. I like it was crazy to me, you know, because sometimes I think that. Certain addicts have to fit a profile, but she was the bishop's daughter, never did drugs or alcohol. Bishop's daughter and didn't drink until she was released. Oh, no, I'm sorry, young women's president. Yeah, like till later in life. Later in life. That That's pretty rare. Like, so to hear that was rare. Yeah. And But yet I could totally see how it can happen, right, mm-hmm. obviously. And um, I feel like uh, she's real. Like, I felt like the whole time I was talking to her, I was talking to someone I had known forever. And I get, I got her. And like when I follow her on Instagram and we communicate there, I just, I just feel like she's real. She's in recovery. She's not just hiding. Once again, she's not taking her recovery and hiding from it. She's made a lot of mistakes. She talks about how she went to the streets, right? She right. went from like, you know, awesome in the church, wife, all the stuff. Had some bad things happen, bad string of luck. Just decided to go out and try the world's way of de- dealing with it, and it took her to the depths. Mm-hmm. And like, she's now. Re- covering her life later in life but yet she's not like hiding from that she's out there like trying to she has this instagram right. lds girl in recovery is she out there like we need to get her sponsor on that's right up, she just got she, her year chip by the way she got her year chip we should get back but she also her sponsor lives down here locally I that's think. right she did say something like that so because she had got her online yeah we got some follow-ups to do on these. anyways i really enjoyed that one what else that was good uh my other one oh my last uh i'm adding four because i added the codependent one um Nate's story tragedy where uh, yeah. it was 2.3 where he you know Nate's a humble man not a man of many words yeah I was surprised he came on because he's not you know he's not, not a talker he's not like you yeah. like to talk a lot right he's, yeah. he's a humble not a humble he's just quiet he's quieter 
quite true. guy. Yeah. Um, but man, he brought it home. He was so open, and I mean, his di- his wife died in his arms. They were both yeah. enthralled in their addiction. I went to see him in the hospital that night. And then the the, the fact that you were there, that I was just in awe that I was there. Hearing both of you guys describe that night. It was intense. Because he had been using it. I hadn't seen him in a while. Yeah. And me and him had the, relatively the same amount of time originally. We had started our recovery at the same time. And then he disappeared. And we all knew what no he was No matter doing. what club. <clears throat> he was part of the no matter what club, but he disappeared. And yeah. I was like, and then all of a sudden to get that call after not hearing from him. I'll never forget it. We were at a meeting and we left. We left the San Clemente meeting. We went straight there. You got and, the call at a meeting. At a meeting. Like, we just finished. And yeah. we got a call. And me and Lexi, I'm like, I got to go. Or we were somewhere, and I drove straight there and with me and Mike, which is my sponsor, and at the time was his sponsor, I think, too. And we went straight there, and I'll never forget, Nate walked right up to me and him. And uh, first of all, he's crying. It was intense. Oh, but uh, but I'll, what he did that I think I talked about on the podcast is, he, is like, it, it reminded me of the Book of Mormon story where they laid down their weapons of war. He just After we were done doing a blessing, we gave him a blessing, gave the wife a blessing, we did all these things. We were talking with his family and just kind of console him because it was, it was hard. And he had been using too, so it was hard. It was guilt. But what he did wasn't a big sign like here, I'm done with drugs and this big old like speech, which a lot of addicts are BS, right? A, yeah. He just he went into his bag that was sitting there. It was right before we left. We were done. With no, like no one asked no him. I didn't this. tell him to yeah. do anything. I didn't say, bro, you got to get sober now. It was just like he went to his bag. Zipped some stuff out. He had some drugs and paraphernalia. He had it in his hand. He just went up to me and said, "Take this. I don't need it." And like, and he handed it to me. And Mike, it's the first time I held drugs in my hand in a long time. You know, legal drugs put into my hand. Yeah. But I had my sponsor there. I just gave a blessing to a lady who was who's brain dead. Yeah. And then him, right, dude. It was intense. Uh, the old person in me, when I got that, would have been like, "Oh, let's run, run off with this or whatever." But it was just the way he did it and the way that it was just a, it was a spiritual moment. And we went out outside and threw it away. And I've never felt so much anger towards drugs than I did at that moment. So if that that's <coughs> definitely one of my top three. Top that was, four that, was now a, that was a intense because one. Because it was it was that was a raw and real story. Um, it's real like that that in our backyard. We, we, we talk about my stories and we joke about them now yeah. because I didn't die. Yeah. But the reality is like people die. Right. And that's what's hard. I got a call just, you know change subjects real quick over the week you know over the weekend while i was away with my wife and this is still happening i forget you know that's where we even had the conversation about the podcast as it keep going i forget how real it is but i got a call from someone who i used to sponsor who's a young kid who you know and uh you know he's he went on some harder drugs and he ended up now he's in the detox right now which is good i'm glad he called and got on us yeah. and we helped him out and got resources but the point is is like dude he, he could be the next one that goes like yeah. and if he does it that's I'll, I'll kick myself for not trying even harder so anyways this is real so when we interview these asiatics so if you're listening to this and you haven't you know you've been a follower you've downloaded these episodes you've listened to us and you want to be if you want to share your story we can change your name we can change your voice give us a, a reach out to us on social media reach out to us on our website or email us do we have an email address we do uh, I almost gave my phone number call me I'm <laughs> <laughs> like Call uh, me and we'll talk. Text ne- me. I think it's the, the next step podcast at gmail.com. There's a link, I believe, on our, our website. website. 
write uh, us an but email. Just send us a message on social media. Social media better. too, yeah, on Instagram or Facebook, and say that you want to be interviewed. We've done uh, one of the other guy I like too. Remember he kept the light off because he was afraid of, He was in his car. Yeah, we faced. Yeah, because he was getting wife <laughs> off someone else. <laughs> I don't know, it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's right. But but I enjoy, we enjoy. It. That's why I like the LDS one, the gay RM. We didn't even know these people. Mm-hmm. They reached out to us and they yeah. wanted to be on it, and that and was cool. And I have cool. a few of you that have that uh, that I have in queue that I need to reach back out to you. Sorry, like uh, I said, Brad's been traveling. Yeah, so we will get Living you good uh, on the cast. Um, share your story of hope and recovery. I want to end with just I want to ask you a question because uh, I was interacting on the social media. <laughs> um, <laughs> Many hours. Um, <laughs> and let's see. Let me pull it up. So. Um, I'm gonna read part. That's the experience with that. So this is a, uh, so this is a person who's uh, in recovery. Actually, not a member of the church. Very famous person, um, and uh, she she shared with this friend of mine who they have a business relationship with. How she goes to Utah all the time to help kids get sober. She's not LDS, but she says in Utah, they're in. U- this is her observation: a non-member that goes to Utah to reach out to kids that are Mormon. Stuck in addiction that there's no redemption in Utah, meaning that once you get sober, you're still perceived as a bad guy. And she said that seems opposite of what the gospel you guys teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy shared as a member of the church, and he's definitely like, that's not what we teach, but that's what's being practiced, or that's what the v- vibe is. Yeah. What do you think the best? How do we change that? We're trying to with this. Um, and I have biggest some biggest motivation, thoughts. right? We, that's what we talked about. P- part part of it, I My think, is like. And I'm, I'm going back as a parent, like we, we want to scare our kids to not do drugs and alcohol and get, get addicted. For sure. And so there's this like, I want to scare you to yeah, never try it. Yeah, me and Lexi talked about this before, what and, it was like for her growing up. And at the same time. But if you've done it, then what she always talks about is she was shamed. She felt guilty. She didn't want to talk about it because it's like, dude, I'm going to get shunned. I'm going to be looked at as that girl. But do we not talk about how bad it is? That's the hard part. Yeah. Well, well her, her, I don't I'm, I'm just telling you from her experience. Yeah. Her, her, she's not here to say this, but I, she, I don't think she'd mind. But she said she had a hard time because when she was 16 is when she did a lot of things, drank, drugs, all this stuff, had a boyfriend, all that whole jazz. And uh, before that, she was like the Molly my maid, which I can't even imagine her being, <laughs> but she was. And then, and then she said, once I did that, I was like, whoa, I remember going to Sunday school or whatever, her little girl class. And they were telling, you know, they're talking about like how if you commit these certain sins, it's just like the, you know, her perception was to a 16 year old, it's the end of the world type mm-hmm. thing, you know, like this is a bad thing that you may not be able to come back from, which is com- farce. But the may not is kind of real because a lot of people don't. Yes, but the the fire and brimstone God, I've never really met that one. I know he's there in the stories and I've read them, but in my personal life. I have never experienced fire and brimstone from sin. So does that but, make sense? No, I, I I've experienced. I experienced the what we need you to do is the effects of it. Yes, you've, I get what you've you're experienced saying. the effects of the. We need to it teach wasn't God. Like, yeah, it was, we need to teach that it's not, dude. The world's not going to. It's not going to be this like lightning bolt that comes down. Hey, if you choose to do live this certain way, you don't have like all the blessings. So life's going to get tough for you. Mm-hmm. That's what we try to teach when we talk to youth the other day, well, that, right? That's why. Uh, not to me, to me, the answer is. You'll people, be forgiven. People in recovery that are honest about it, meaning I shouldn't have done that. Like my life would have been so much easier if I didn't. Mm-hmm. The fact that I did, I'm lucky that, and blessed that I was able to come back because I know people that have died and this and that. Because um, mm-hmm. you share that all the time. Like yeah. I, I'm, 
most of my most of your friends are dead. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. miserable right now. Totally. Right. So the fire and brimstone was happening in their lives. Yes. And, so like and yeah. so and so we that's need a, to tie it to their life more. More like hey, if you choose the drugs and alcohol or the sex and all that stuff that the world offers, life's not going to be easy for you. And and here's why I think the hesitancy. Why not? Is because for a season, those people that are breaking the law of chastity, word of wisdom in our language, look like they're having an awesome time. Yeah, we need and to they awesome. do for a season. It works for a while. They do that's have awesome. a. They yeah. probably do have a good time for a season. Totally. But it's only for a season. And the scriptures tell us that. <sighs> but I think why? But that's not her perspective. So coming yeah. from a person, a young kid, she, her perspective had nothing to do with that. You didn't grow up in the church, so yeah. you don't know. Yeah. So she she said though that it was like it was like if if I told if I told my bishop who was there to help her, God, God wasn't going to forgive me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because sexual sin is like the last thing you ever talk about. So, so I felt that in the school. So, so how are you when gonna, I joined the church? You have two daughters. Yeah. How are you going to teach them? Dude, I'm going to be honest with them. Like, Which is what? Be honest with them. They're like, hey, look it. God teaches us this because these commandments I've found in my own life to be true. That these commandments provide certain amount of peace, joy, and happiness, and freedom. Even though they seem restrictive. Mm-hmm. And I give them the analogy of the kite. Right? Okay. The kite on the string, the five-year-old says, keep letting the string out, Dad, and the kite goes higher, so it goes automatically. Dad, cut the string, the kite will go even higher. What happens? So we teach our kid the lesson, we cut the string, the kite comes down, he goes, I don't get it. Their brain can't even understand it, right? But that's how the commandments are, you know, right? Th- th- there's a certain limit that'll let you fly, but guess what, you cut that limit, you cut that those ties, you cut those the boundaries the Lord's given you, um, you crash, you crash and burn. And it's a reality that I've experienced in my life many times. And so I want to teach them that, hey, God loves you no matter what. And I believe this. I believe God loves every single one of us, no matter what you choose. Scripture. It is scripture, but it's not, it's not, it's not scriptures culture. and our brethren. For sure, but the, it's not our culture. It's culture, yeah. The if doctor, you go to average Sunday school in any ward and anywhere, mm-hmm. that's probably not going to be taught that way. They may mean that, but they don't realize the way they're saying it can, can have a, you know what I mean? That's what, that's what I feel like. And I feel like even in our ward, in just a little bit of time, hopefully it's changed just with our experience and talking about it so much. And, you know, I feel like it has, right? Because how many more people are coming in that probably never have had an issue for, I can think of a couple, right, mm-hmm. who we don't name names, but they're just now coming out. You better believe, I, I feel, hope that is a part of like, oh, I've seen Jay and Lexi, like, get honest. Well, uh, that's why I'm super honest with my kids, with you, yes. around you, because... Like, I think the ri- for me as a parent, I'm like, and Logan hangs out with you the most, right? Yeah. I'm like, the risk of Logan experimenting with drugs or being, or with pornography or sex is lower because if he, see, if he hears be- around Because someone. they know that you don't glamorize it, I guess is the Yeah. It's not a glamorization. Mm. Um, and you, but I think the realize is if you do screw up, there's then a there's out. a way back. There's a way back. But it's not necessarily. It's not, the, it's not the yeah it's, it's like hey it's, there's no right or wrong way but uh, there is there is a harder way yeah. there's an easier way like you chose you look looking at our two lives your way was way easier right the, you chose to follow the lord's way i i didn't have that but then even once i got it i still have gone back and forth yeah i, I you know and and it goes down to faith right you know and and hope but what I'm so, just getting, so, so I wonder if it's the culture of I'm trying to scare you, str- str- scare you scaring to keep you your straight. Chil- scaring the youth will never work. Uh, it doesn't work. You think it will, 
But that's like that's why those programs where they take kids to the jail. Dude, I was scared. You don't think my grandpa like sat down with me? He was my father figure in life. Like told me gnarly stories when I was Rusty's age. You better believe it. I listened, and they scared me. But then when I, by the time I became 12 years old, and all I cared about was connecting with other people, other kids my age. Yeah. If that was the way I was, I had to connect. And dude, sign me up. I didn't want to do drugs. I thought about my grandpa saying, "Potheads for dopes." You know, like that's yeah. that's not something you do. And but I'll never forget when my stepbrother goes, "Hey, smoke this joint." And this is a kid who I wanted to be friends with and be cool with. And and finally he gave me that opportunity through this drug and I'm like dude okay done sign me up. Did you think about what your grandpa said at all at that time? The that's the only thing that went through my mind. You did think about what yeah. your grandpa said. Same guilt that you would have, that if you you know you thought about your Sunday school teacher. Yeah okay. I had the same feeling, even though it wasn't from God, it was from someone I respected, and uh, but I still did it anyways. What I'm getting is you can't scare me into anything. Addicts and humans, scare tax is not enough. Otherwise, no one would smoke. Right. I think of, if you think of statistics, they're not. It's not even. It's crazy. It's like a people smoke cigarettes today. Still, whether <laughs> it's liquid people form or are not, are starting like, to smoke. Like there's, there's someone, someone is... picking up a pack for the first time today. <laughs> that is crazy. In 2017, yeah. dude, when like Nuts. those truth commercials, they don't work. Right. And I'm sorry. Like, Australian weather plate. They're like black lungs on the. Packages. Yeah, they have to put dead fetuses on there. Right. Some of them. And it doesn't work. And there's still someone. And they, they sell more cigarettes than more. Buying the first pack with that on there. With that on there. I think the statistic is they buy, they smoke more over there, hmm. in Europe and all these other places where they have to. So the so, cult, so culture. Scare if, if it does work. change, is honesty um, works. Is Open, being honest. love. To, as cheesy as it sounds, because you know I'm not like the most emotional like love guy, but at the same time, like you know, being honest and open and teaching the why. It's a sales principle we talk about. If you look at the like, why, look why at, do we look do at things? the Book of Mormon? Like Amal the Younger, he was a bad dude, right? Yeah. He doesn't glamorize what he did. And you get that, but not uh, everyone gets that. But that's the they don't look the, at him that's like the that. Model. Yeah. But like you said, like, the to start software, you said that Utah. I could see that. I've been there. I lived there for a little bit, I've right? I've never lived except college. So. Yeah, and I lived there after college and before, and and I see, or actually, it was during college, but we were older. You know, we already. I didn't. Wasn't. When I go to Utah, again, I'm outsider going there. I just dropped our daughter off of college up there. Mm -hmm. Dude, the contrast between those, they're like, what it, what it seems like in the church and out of the church mm -hmm. is like black and white. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's because the people there, they have to, like, they, in order to show they're not LDS. But here it's like no one cares. You're right. LDS or not. Non-LDS people don't care if you're right. LDS or not. Yeah, you, they, but there, if you, you like, they feel like they have to show everyone, like, I'm not Mormon. That's so what they I go the, to the extreme. Because you lived there as an adult, right? Like, yeah, I was 25, 26. Yeah. So, like, that's a real, like, my yeah, visual I was out of Provo. I was in Sandy and Draper and, and, and Bountiful, nowhere near so college. So those that aren't active or... They, like, yeah, like, they, like, they went all, all above and beyond with tattoos and this, that, and the other and, and talking about it all the time. Yeah, okay. So I'm LDS, just, like, tat ex-LDS tattoo, weird <laughs> stuff. Like, I didn't see that hard. Shirt, sticker. Yeah, but no, they do go, but that is, like... I'm going out of their way. Yeah. Um, okay. And there's a lot of history there that. that we don't know about. Like, cause, you know, imagine growing up there. Dude, we're already kind of counter counterculture here, like in our life, and we live in Orange. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Imagine if we were there, we'd probably be doing this times 10. You know, like, because we talk about, we want to help people with the culture. We don't want to change the the religion. We want to change the culture, right? Because change some aspects of it, for sure. For sure. Um, 
the, and this one in particular, a shame culture. Yeah. Um, we're not talking about changing like doctrine. We're talking about like changing the the negative effects that sometimes happen on accident. I don't think yeah, this I, happens on purpose. No, I, I don't think, think anyone think meant to good hurt intentions. Anyone. It's I want to scare the crap out of yes. my kids so they don't ever pick up a pack of cigarettes or. Because so many people that are offended, we've we've talked to these people and we know these people when they get offended they leave the church, they don't. It's like they, their resentment's so deep. And they think it's so personal that they can't see that, like, it wasn't done on purpose. Like, like no one's another, trying to hurt I'm anyone. I'm trying to think of another reason. Because I, like, I don't think we know how to deal with it. For sure. So, like, I had friends that, like, they were teenage rebel. And they're like, oh, so-and-so's drinking now. Like, I, what do I do? I don't know what to Well, I, you as a dad, imagine if we didn't ever meet. Right. And then one of your daughters or sons, like you said, comes to you and they're smashed. Mm-hmm. And they're drinking every day. And you, they say to you, Dad, I, I, you're right. I don't want to do it anymore. But then they do it the next weekend. They come home drunk again. Yeah. You would you go like, what am I? What do I do? I, I, yeah, I don't know. Because you you didn't have that. Yeah. So you wouldn't know. Like you just. Wouldn't. I'd be like, you just gotta stop. Yeah, you'd be like, just come on, man. Like, let's pray. Like, don't you know what section said? Yeah. I can't do this. Don't you remember telling me last week you weren't gonna do it again when you felt sick? Yeah. The next day, that's yeah. what I did all the time. I would say, oh, I'm not gonna do this again. I find myself the next day lighting up or t- taking drugs or alcohol, um, pills. Okay. That's uh well so yeah let's clarify culture meaning uh, the culture of stuff that's uh, not doctrine specifically right? around recovery because there is shame I think There's that's a shame culture in the and, world and if you listen to general church. conference man you listen to Ukdor's talk on on this is uh, we're a church of uh, we're a repair facility. Um, they say in recovery there's a statistic I heard I think it was on TV or something I was watching that if you're in recovery and you go into rehab and they find out that you're Mormon or LDS or like some sort of a hardcore religion, they don't think you're going to make it because the shame's too deep. Well, that you know, this isn't this is not unique to our. I talked about it, I think, on the podcast before, where I went to that meeting um, with a bunch of religious leaders. Yeah. So we had a Catholic, Jew, born again, yeah, 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 a bunch of born times, agains, yeah. and it's the same thing. That's like what I mean. E- every you have every a higher tr- statistic of making it in recovery if you're not religious. Um, it's <laughs> be- yeah, I, I, I tend to think the it's guilt because of I think it's two reasons. It's maybe three. One, it's we want to scare our people to not try it as opposed to love like you want to love heavenly father yeah to not do it and then i think it's i don't know how to deal with it recover like i don't have we don't have tools i don't have any tools to help you get clean or sober yeah. or to stop change that behavior i mean this yeah. is a program the 12 steps have changed yeah right so like this is a tool to change behavior so we don't know how these subtle corrections i think the gospel and sunday schools are really good at but if you veer off and need major change, um, like when I got home from my mission, I need new, I needed real help. I remember telling my bishop, like, I don't want to do this behavior, but I don't know how to stop. And and I, I guess I'm thinking. And right I still now believed is, in it. I was like, like, I believe in Sunday everything. Sunday church is awesome. Like, probably minor corrections for totally. most. But like a it's meeting like this where you get more real talk is more major corrections. I don't know. I'm just saying that. And then the last one is because I've never dealt but with it before as a member of the church because we're pretty sheltered from it. When we're exposed to it, I don't know how to deal with it. And so sometimes not saying anything is perceived as shame or shunning. Right? Yeah, like, I wish church was all like this. I think most people come. I, I wish when I went to Sunday school, it was real discussions. Even if it's not about hardcore stuff like drugs, just about the dude, applying whatever you lesson. You start coming to our gospel doctrine class, dude. Ours is awesome lately. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, oh yeah, ours is, you know, we live in a unique I think because we live in California, it's a little different. It's a little real. But even then, still, like, there's some stuff I hear, and I'm like, 
Yep. But also realize sometimes just some dude that just got called a son, like you're going to send it to totally, him totally, totally. And so we judge them. We're like, dude, this is lame. No, no, yeah. Because Frank's like a lame teacher. Well, yeah. Well, Frank's never taught. No, nah, I don't mean the teacher for sure. Like, there. yeah, exactly. No, yeah. I'm not trying to like blame them. They're not professional teachers by any right. stretch. And some, but I mean, I mean, just in general, it's hard for people to get real. And but then again, my real. But here's the thing, right? We're, we're a church of mixed bags, right? Mm -hmm. You, you, your perspective on because of this is different. But like, I'm thinking of all the people I know in our Sunday school or gospel doctrine. A lot of them never had the life experiences me and Lexi's had, like at all. So like, how it's hard that we even mesh together. Like in the in the first place, it's kind of amazing when you think about that because my experience with all these principles of the gospel are way gnarlier than the average. Well, you know, one time I went through a whole six months without reading my scriptures. It was tough. You know, I feel a lot of darkness and that to, in their reality. That's real. hard. Yeah. That's real to them. To me, that's like half my life or more than half. That's <laughs> yesterday, today and every day since like and and that's not the darkest hours of my life. My darkest hours are way darker than that. That, that if that was my only problem. Holy moly. Right. I wish. But that's where. But that's a reality. No, nothing's yeah. bad or worse. I'm not trying to say minor because yeah. you do get that weird like your sins are almost darker so they're better or i don't know you've been through some real struggle so you, you brat you know what i'm trying to say yeah. there's there's well there's uh, pride on both sides isn't that all pride really? yeah it's right? all pride. like oh well I'm i've better seen than recovery you. people pride yeah i'm better than you because i've used the atonement deeper than you yeah and i hate then that I'm, That's my so pride, dumb. I'm better than you because i haven't had to use atonement as much as yeah you. both are dumb <laughs> both are stupid <laughs> both are stupid both are more stupid but there's probably that mentality right? like, there is right uh, for sure there are like, you've met you've met people in recovery that are like that for sure yeah yeah where they're like oh you're a normie you don't get it i've but, never felt that well not no not you I, well I've i'm saying they talk about others normie but i take that as not a of you theory. i meant just in general like you've heard them judge other people not you but other yeah, people yes right? and you're like oh wow but no. but normies don't get it i will agree with that yeah like for the most part yeah like i feel like i get it more just because for the last several years i've been doing this totally. i'm like Holy crap! My eyes have been open. Yeah, and then I ha I know people that that like oh it's so great like they kind of get it. You have an eye open, but like, dude, they don't get it. You know? Yeah. We have people come to like bishops. Until you live your life. Come and come to this meeting, and then they're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. it's just. So but, but we we learn this through experience. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. What are we talking about? I think we started with uh, <laughs> how do you how do you help, you know talking about kids what did we start about? i, I think remember. i talked about because uh, it's getting late that uh <laughs> i don't even know how we got famous uh, recording artist that oh that's right the shame culture 12 years sobriety shame she culture. goes here to help and she said are you gonna say who it is are you still being i actually don't even know this person's name this person wouldn't share it but it's a grammy award-winning rapper um really yes that's all i can tell you is but, it a girl uh Malcolm? actually i don't i think it's a she, it's a she i don't know that many she rappers no. But I did I mean, ask her, like, hey, like can Queen we get her on Latifa? the podcast? <laughs> yeah. So he's gonna. We might try to get her on. But, um, and if we do, she can use her name. So I'll sh I'll show you this message. But but anyways, don't shame. But yeah, perceived as a bad guy. So we don't want that. Like I could see that in Utah. I could see it here. here. Like was Alma the younger perceived as a bad guy when well, you were you've gone around and said that to so many words that maybe it's opening people's eyes and, until they get to know. Me. But I, like you said, I don't think there's people that judge me, but I'm sure there is. You got someone that's cheating on their wife and philandering and getting drunk. Are they a bad guy? Most people would say yes. If the people are being honest, they're, in, in they're bad behavior, maybe, huh? Yeah, like, that is bad behavior. 
But no, but deep down, if we if we separated like, okay, if I say my true thoughts and feelings, is anyone gonna judge me? Okay, no. Okay, cool. Yes, that guy's a horrible person. Most women would say that. I've heard him say it. I've heard wives come and, in here and at that time. They probably say, are. They are being a horrible person. To a degree, I no. yeah. I think they're decisions. I think there's no bad or good anymore. Like because realistically, if you read, we've had gospel doctrine classes like this in our actual gospel doctrine class. I remember. Where if you really believe in these scriptures, if you really believe they're actually the word of God and this, that, and the other. Basically, they say the only way to get into the cast and the sins of perdition, you know, oh. to be in the outer darkness is to see God, see all the miracles, know it with a pure knowledge, and then say, I don't want anything to do with it. You're talking about ultimate judgment, yeah. But I'm talking like there, oh, yeah. there are people that are doing bad behavior. For sure. And yeah, but they're not bad people. I don't think they are. I don't think anyone's bad. Because if, if you're judged by your decisions, then we're all screwed. At that point— if you're judged solely based on your your decisions, good or bad, we're all screwed. We've all made some bad decisions, I'm right? Sorry, maybe your vocabulary, like bad dude, like dude's a bad dude. When I think of a bad dude, is someone that like knows good and evil, and then is like choosing bad, choosing bad on purpose, and is like really. But then again, you could probably find out he that guy was a victim. That guy was. Yeah. So I guess it's better to it, it's what scriptures say, right? It's don't judge. It, it's it's love uh, the sinner, hate the sin. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. I don't like the scriptures. Yeah, yeah that's but, like, but that's what yeah, that's the You talk about the behavior not the person. Yeah. Like that behavior that person is just What I've learned from sponsoring people. Yes, what I've learned from sponsoring people and they tell me things that they've done or has been done to them, it's just f- it confirmed my belief that if someone's doing something that's usually a bad behavior, it's because that behavior has been done to them. You can think of a lot of incidences. So, but would it be appropriate I like that was that's a stupid behavior. That's a stupid thing to do. Like, if I tell sure. my kids, like, that was a I still do that. Do. I'm an addict. I like, still judge people on a knee-jerk reaction, right? But but the, the difference is, is that person a dumb person or an idiot or a bad person? Is like, guess the word. But this is where our culture goes into. It's not even just that. I really believe there are some Mormons that go to church every Sunday that we know that we love or whatever, and they're cool. But, like, they really believe that, like, they're going to a celestial kingdom. To me, we, me and Lexi just had this conversation. We were gone. If someone... If you can say which, I hope I'm going there. I well, I hope I you, it, hoping there is good. But what I'm saying, if you like can sit there in no. front of them and say, like, I'm for sure gonna go if I die today. To me, that means you definitely have a problem, and you definitely like. If you're really being honest, you, you can actually say that. If you, then, dude, you are like kudos. I'm gonna drop to my knees because like you should be praised and you need to be exalted because I don't know anyone who's perfect. The most righteous people I know, if I really followed them around 24-7, got in their mind, got in their heart, saw all their deeds from my angle versus theirs, I bet you I can find some things like, oh, you're a little judgmental here, you're a little rude here, you're a little this there, you're a little condescending there, or whatever it is, and start picking something out about someone, and they could do the same with me. So if you, if we sometimes, and I think this is part of this culture thing we're talking about, is that if you could, if you think the goal is there, but if you're focused so much on that, and you're missing the opportunity to help other people or, and probably recover yourself from some little bit of pride and ego. Well, I guess what, yeah, what you're saying is like that person would be like, I am so righteous. I'm there already. Yeah. And so I just wish you were as good as me. Yes. And I think it comes off more than we think. It doesn't mean to, but it is. I know the times when I've been like, you know, following things. It's, it's hard because like it says right there in the scriptures it is the nature of most all men. Once you get a little bit of power. Dude, when, when, when I say power, I don't mean callings. Yeah. I don't think about it that way. I mean power in the gospel, power in the spirit. Like you're doing the right thing. Before you know it, you're like, dude, I'm just making decisions, and I'm doing good. Like life's going great. So then all of a sudden your wife comes to you with something or someone comes to you. No. And you, you're like, I know what's right. 
Like what I say, I, and where I got that from is President Eyring has a CD that says Draw Closer to God. He talks about an incident where he was doing a lot of good stuff in his calling, and uh-huh. then so his wife came to him. They got an argument over something super silly, but then he went off to this meeting with the thick quorum, and he realized real quickly that like because he, he's like, what happened was is sometimes when you're, you're living so righteously and you're following the Spirit so time, you can think that you're, a bu- you're, you're something more than you're not. Yeah, you're just a human. And wh- that's President Hiring. Yeah, this is someone who I like, dude. I get the chills just talking about him because he, well, he touched me. So that's spirit. Uh, well, hey, conference is coming up, so we get to hear from these guys. That's right. These old dudes that are quote out of touch that some people think. Yeah. That I so think that was a tangent, re- but real anyway, touch. Yeah. Well, dude, you listen to their talks, man. They're, that's the gospel. That's something where I'm at. It's it's not it's not what those guys never talk about. Like, I never get the vibe that I get from. Everyday members. Like when I listen to them talk, it's yeah. all about love and just like, right. dude, are you kidding? Right. We're all trying to figure this thing out. Right. And this is from the head. Right. It's not like I'm better than you. Like you need to do this, you peons. It's right. like, dude, I'm. There, there's, I'm, we can do better. You can, like, there's we, improvement. Yeah. We all need room. Yeah. And when you listen to their books or talks, anyways. All right. Well, that was a lot. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I don't even know what time it is. I'm delirious. Brad looks like he needs dude, to go. I'm wasted. I got to get up in a couple hours. So, um, so all right. Was. Well, this is a long one. Yeah. Anniversary. We might have lost a few listeners. <laughs> <laughs> if we did, we didn't mean to. But, but if you're still there. We're separating hey, the weeds from the tears. Don't just get it. Podcast. Uh, Reach out to us if you want to be on. Donate. Beyond. Tell us you want to hear more. Don't stop. Peace.